This is the American Artson Podcast, where our goal is to spark creativity. Whether you're a musician, an artist, a writer, or an entrepreneur, we're here to provide you with tools, tips, and insight from professionals and creatives that you can use to inform and inspire your own journey. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the American Arson Podcast. And today we are going to be talking to Jim Hughes of Northery Design uh, and formerly of the band For Today and before that Colossus. Um, and uh, he's going to talk to us about some of his design work and then also uh, about his time um, playing in bands and doing stupid stuff on tour and uh, reminiscing about live music that all of us wish we could uh, experience right now yeah a distant memory but you'll get to hear a a, a story in, involving a, a a seagull on a beach and and uh some some fun tour stories at the end like always but uh it was a great time talking with jim um if you want his socials are all going to be at the bottom. If you want to check out his design work, uh, his website and everything, it's really cool. He's probably done a design for a band, uh, that you listen to at some point. In fact, you may own one of his shirts, uh, likely so that you do um and then as well if you want to like share uh and subscribe below this video to the channel that helps us out uh so we can keep putting these out for you and see what episode you guys like and what content you want um and let us know below too if there's anybody you want to see on absolutely all right guys so let's jump into the episode All right. Well, Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on with us tonight. Dude, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Do you want to, for anybody that doesn't know, do you do you want to introduce yourself to all of our listeners and uh, let them know what you're all about? Yeah. Um, I'm Jim Hughes. Uh, right now, I pretty much am doing graphic design full time um, in the music world. Um, toured in a couple bands. I had a band like that was like my high school band called Colossus, which got signed to Face Down Records in 2000, mm-hmm. tw- somewhere between 12 and I don't know. I'm pretty bad with dates, <laughs> but we'll say around 2012. Okay. And uh, then after that band start, started slowing down, joined Four Today, played with Four Today from their last album cycle 2015 2016 somewhere in there look it up on the internet (laughs) like two years long i think something like that so did that uh and then uh, since 2015 2016 i have been home um just doing pretty much graphic design produced records for a while but then design stuff just got so busy that i kind of had to set that aside because the schedules just did not work so no, I just uh, you're you're very modest about your design work. I I'm pretty sure if there's any hardcore metal band or anyone that's really relevant in the scene right now, you've done their album or merch line or something at some point. I've I've tried. <laughs> so that's that's kind of all over the place though. Graphic design, producing records, playing in bands. That's you know yeah. our our podcast is is all uh, about um our, you know our goal is to spark creativity and we like to kind of yeah. explore all sides of the of of creative pursuits and everything so 
what really got your creative journey going then would you say i mean i grew up in like skateboard well i sh- i shouldn't say i grew up in skateboard culture but i grew up as a skateboarder <laughs> in a small town in south dakota <laughs> yeah <in> south dakota <laughs> skateboard culture <laughs> South Dakota skateboard culture where there was like six of us and we had a really horrible skate park connected to you know some tennis courts um <laughs> but i think that for a lot of like like skateboard culture is a jumping off point for so many people because it's so art focused and music focused like yeah like you know skate dvds the soundtrack is like as important as anything else so yeah for sure um yeah i kind of grew up in that but like i started my first band well i mean the south dakota thing i had an interest in guitar always um and then when i was in seventh grade we got snowed in with a blizzard and like i had a guitar that i went to like two lessons and i was like dude this is lame like i don't want to learn chords you know (laughs) and uh so i yeah we got snowed in when i was in seventh grade and it was like two weeks like we didn't have power we didn't have anything so i picked up my guitar started playing that my sister started dating a dude that like was into he had moved to south dakota from southern california so he like like as a lay dying shows and all that stuff uh-huh. And um, he came, I remember like coming home from school and I could hear him tuning my guitar, which I did not know how to do. <laughs> I was like guessing apparently. Right. And like if prob- pretty much like from that day, like of him having a tuned guitar in my hands, <laughs> like, in some capacity. So did he just tune it and bounce or did he e- explain to you that that's something that you can do on your own? <laughs> tuned it and then he was like playing songs and i was like my my rig at the time was a like a silver tone pawn shop like it looked like ibanez rg kind okay. of okay and then yeah. a karaoke machine oh, with a had a did have a quarter inch but on the uh, yes. karaoke machine that's awesome that was my rig for like <laughs> a year yep and it was yes. intense so but then yeah it was just the progression i i I guess I, I just have like the DIY mentality where I was like, oh, we need t-shirts. I'll make t-shirts. Oh, we need to record songs. I'll record the songs. Right. And that's been the rest of my life since eighth grade or seventh grade. So that's awesome. Yeah. We kind of came up in the, in a, you know, in that DIY mentality as well. Um, you know, uh, booking our own tours and uh, our first three EPs were all, hand stamped we had uh, we bought the- all our designs were done by evan yep. and we would stamp stuff on and like hand number stuff and right. that got old after we had put out like three albums and we would literally have to book like a day or two before each tour to like all right we gotta stamp like a right. few hundred right. cds right. like but the point being is i think that it's um you know well, it builds a little bit of character and it kind of expands, I think, kind of like your your creative, uh, you know, well, skill set, but then also your your eye for, um, you know, being able to pick something out in the future when when maybe somebody else is working on something or um, actually to, right. to segue into this, you know, with the, the album design that you did for us, where we were actually mm-hmm. able, to which was incredible, that, by the way, looks we haven't had a chance to thank you in person. Yeah, this is about as in person as we can get in 2020. But, <laughs> but I think that there's a lot of value in being able to offer some feedback, um, and uh, that that actually comes from a, 
a place of like, you know, a, a small amount of DIY knowledge and, and then, yeah. um, you know, being able to kind of speak the same language with the, the people that you're working with. So did you find that that kind of DIY mentality was kind of a springboard for the rest of the stuff that you ended up doing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's really been like my entire career has just been it's the the mentality of like i can figure out how to do anything pretty much <laughs> right and like i i hesitate to use the term fake it till you make it but essentially it's like if someone's like hey i heard that you recorded your demo and you do my album i'm like yeah i can record an album <laughs> can do that and then you know by the end of it like if i some of that stuff like i do the math and i'm like wow i, I made like three dollars an hour doing this <laughs> but then you learn and you know hopefully you have low overhead when you're young and um yeah it's just been it's been the catalyst for everything because and especially in the music industry you can't afford to go to school and have a hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt and then design t-shirts and you right. know live early. yeah so it's something where I, I i did go to school for two years because my parents really wanted me to go to college <laughs> for two years um but i i left and then like i by the, when i by the time i got done with college i was like i hate graphic design like i didn't like my teacher i switched my major and then like i i dropped out well i shouldn't say i dropped out but after the last day of college um my second year we like i literally woke up the next morning at five in the morning and drove to Kansas city and recorded the first Colossus full length. And then I got home from that and I was like, okay, well I'm never going back to school. Cause this is. <laughs> so you were actually studying graphic design at school though. I did. Yeah. So I, I graduated high school a year early. So I went when I was 17 okay. to college for graphic design. And I think I had, I think I was a graphic design major my whole first year. Cause I didn't have a graphic design class till second semester. And then I just did not get along. Like, I just didn't like that teacher's methods. So I switched to art education and then I switched to printmaking and then I left. <laughs> and, and do you feel like there was any value in that experience or? Uh... Somewhat. I mean, I don't think there was $35,000 worth of value in that. <laughs> There's another thing I couldn't have gone on YouTube and been like, oh yeah, colors. Yeah. Like yeah. I, that's just the point I'm at now. I still, to this day, like I make the joke, I've watched all of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I think I didn't YouTube. Like I am, I, especially now I'm like, bro, quarantine, I've been smashing YouTube yeah. all the Literally time. Literally anything you want to know, learn about right. anything. You it can... comes back. You have to have the mentality to, to chase yeah. after. Yeah. Too. Like want to sit through a boring YouTube video to, to learn something, you know? Absolutely. Well, and I think there is some merit too in that idea of w removing yourself from a formal learning environment and then sort of having your interest peak because it can go in any direction. I know for me personally, I, I started taking piano lessons when I was like five years old and it was something that my mom had to drag me to and I absolutely hated. And then yeah. as soon as I stopped, uh, I was around 13 and that was when I started my first band and I was playing right keyboards in the band so it wasn't like i hated the instrument i just didn't like you know going and being in a structured environment i had an awesome teacher um she, she was very nice it just you know i wanted to play what i wanted to play i wanted to yeah kind of, you know pick my own way through it and and not have somebody tell me you know what i was going to do or, or how to do it um and you're right the learning process is a little bit slower that way 
um, mm-hmm. but it, it's almost more, um, uh, it, it almost, uh, there's more staying power uh, in the end there. Now there's all these masterclass, like there's all these, you can yeah. like, not only are you learning things, like when I was first learning Photoshop, like the people teaching you YouTube, like teaching you Photoshop on YouTube were like not, cool it's it's like it was some guy in bulgaria who's like (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it's like subtitles on this and it's super weird and now it's like i mean like for the recording world it's like dude you could pay 300 dollars and have will putney teach you everything he knows about recording are you kidding me (laughs) yeah like dude that's insane come on yeah no, but thirty thousand dollars sounds a lot better, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they love. There that. is something. There is just something that still exists. You know, the the allure of kind of the formal education and getting the piece of paper. Together. Yeah. While were your parents resistant then when you decided that you that was something you wanted to step away from, or? It was so. <laughs> I you know one of those things you learn when you get married is like my family's a little your family's a little bit weird. You know, once you <laughs> so. My family were not like the strongest communicators, so I did not tell my parents <laughs> I wasn't going to college. And you just I stopped actually, going. <laughs> well, I guess I, I probably told my mom, but I um yeah I I had told my mom at some point because we went and toured a different school after I got back from Kansas City because I was like I'm going to go to school for recording if anything because I love uh-huh. being in the studio, and we went and toured a school in South Dakota that has a recording program. And it was awful. Like even my mom and like my mom was like, dude, there's no way we're paying for that. The guy was pretty much saying, I was like, do you guys offer this? Do you offer this? And he was like, well, if you're interested in that, like you could get credit for teaching those classes. And I'm like, oh, but I'm going to come here to teach. And come on, dude, ordering yeah. a cable, that should be taught in music school. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I had probably told my mom, I didn't tell my dad. And I was working this job where we, I would go do inventory at Kmart, Lewis, like PacSun, like every store, gas stations. And I went back to my hometown because I, I, I didn't go home after I went to Kansas City. I moved to Sioux Falls, which is like a bigger town. And um, I went and got McDonald's with my parents on my like 30 minute lunch break <laughs> that I had. And my dad was like, so when do you uh, figure out where you're going to live this semester? And like asking all these questions. And I just remember looking at my mom being like, dude, no. <laughs> and we just, we just kept dodging it. Um, oh, and he man. never said anything about it to me. But then that winter, like I think like maybe that summer or something like that, pretty much my whole life he had been trying to get his bachelor's degree. And it was just taking forever. The first college that he went to ended up closing that was in our town. Oh, all this stuff ended up finishing his degree through university of Phoenix. His work paid for the whole thing for him to get it. And then he got his degree and like within six months they fired him. So he was like pretty much in that moment, his mentality shifted to like, well, maybe this doesn't matter. Okay. Like I worked here for 25 years with no degree. Then all of a sudden I have a degree and I get fired. Like, you know, so yeah. that was a weird thing. Like initially they were super yeah. pushing into college and then all of a sudden he was like, well, I guess maybe kind of good timing for you. This <laughs> worked out well right. <laughs> for you to not have to explain yourself so much. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's interesting, um, you know, moving at least in the creative world, it seems like from 
a system where the the degree is everything you know that piece of paper is everything to where it's really merit based you know um if we yeah. look up your you know your instagram and we're looking at who are we going to hire to do some t-shirt designs and mm-hmm. uh, you have a degree from a fancy school and all your designs look like you know microsoft word clip art uh, right. we're not going to yeah. hire you <laughs> so um <laughs> Yeah. Is that is that something where you feel like you've seen a shift in the creative industry to sort of like a, a merit-based kind of formula? Or do yeah. you feel like there's still a whole lot of kind of the posturing and the who knows who and all of that kind of stuff? It's, it's, I'm sure it's a little bit of both. I, the, the designers that I meet with that like I've, I've like had you know, they're like, dude, can we get coffee? Like, I want to go freelance. How do you go freelance? All this stuff. And then they're like, yeah, so I went to school. I just, I just talked to this dude the other day and he went to college for five years, wow. six years, five or six years for design. Um, and he's working at a job where, and like, this is not a dig on him if he listens to this at all, but he's working at a job where he designs like the graphics for gas station, like burritos and stuff like that. And he's like, dude, this does he get free burritos? (laughs) Probably not not unless he can eat the ad papers. (laughs) But he's like, dude, I want to go freelance and like it's scary and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, it would be super scary because if I had as much student loan debt as that, I wouldn't be able to go freelance either because that would be terrifying. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to pay those bills. Um, but I guess the other part of the question is like, I think for some of those jobs, like the more corporate world, you pretty much do have to have a degree because they don't speak like design language. Right. Whereas if someone like, if I applied at like hot topic corporate or something like that, you know what I mean? Or if mm-hmm. I had to work for like obey clothing, they wouldn't care if I had a degree. Okay. So yeah. I think it depends what part of the world you're in. My wife works in marketing and all the designers at the company she works for definitely have degrees. Yeah, They also have like nothing on their Instagram if they have an Instagram account at all. So it's just a totally different world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know my, my brother who we interviewed back in, uh, if anybody wants to check it out, season one, episode two, um, he got a job similar to the one that you were talking about and, and he studied design and he got a job and um he he had to wear you know a, a shirt and tie and go and sit in a cubicle to design ad papers for a grocery store and right. um and you know it was a sort of thing was like obviously he could do this from home uh, obviously he didn't need to be dressed up formally and maybe the pandemic is teaching us some lessons about that yeah. um and and that type of thing but you know when you're in sort of, I guess, if you know, you're you, most, would you say most of your, your clients are some somewhat involved in the, in the music world or, or yeah, something like that? 90%, yeah. 95%. Yeah. And at that point, you know, I, I think what really stands out is, is just the quality of your work and, um, totally. Yeah. And, and, and now I think that the other unique thing about your work is I think, um, you do a great job of, of, kind of meeting the band with where they are and with what they need, but also kind of putting your style into it. What, what would you say like artistically you're inspired by? Um, I've seen some, looks like maybe some tattoo influence in there sometimes, some street art kind of influence in there. But uh, what would you say, you know, your style boils down to? It's, it's one of those interesting questions. I actually like right now have like a Dave Quiggle enamel pin on my, 
desk. <laughs> and I remember when I first started working for FaceDown, I asked him, I was like, dude, like, how did you get your style? Right. Like, <laughs> I could see a Dave Quiggle illustration literally anywhere on the yeah. planet. <laughs> yep. It's Quiggle. And he's like, really? Like, I, you know? <laughs> Oh, he I didn't even realize. Oh, what? <laughs> he, I'm sure he was just being humble. He's like the best. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I definitely, I, I think part of one of my strengths, like if my house, which the room that I'm in right now is in kind of chaos, there's a bunch of toys under that blanket. <laughs> like that, Santa, Santa came already. You're hiding them all. Or... <laughs> no, that's just, I don't want you to have to look at them because they make us bad to look at them but um i'm like a very minimalist modern like i would like it if my house just looked like an art museum like it's all white walls and you know very clean and that's definitely like my personal style and i think probably my like a strength that i have as a designer is i'm more so like know what the market is interested okay. in so i do love traditional tattoos and that style of artwork um and i know that people in the heavy music scene also like it right and like i get the feedback from bands yeah. i'll have a, all you know anytime i do like five designs for a band and then they come back to me i'm like okay well what one sold the most like what do your people care about the mm -hmm. most so i think for me it's like I, I like the idea of having my own style but i'm also like less of a designer or like artist maybe in that way and more of a designer in the sense of like i'm here to tailor it to your market because they're not buying me they're buying you you yeah. know what i mean yeah so i want it to look like you guys um so i don't know i mean i, I pull from yeah a lot of like tattoo and like probably skate culture stuff but then also like very modern and um minimal type yeah things. yeah well i would definitely say yeah, the, the cover of our album looks like it could be like the cover of a Tony Hawk pro skater game for sure. So I see, <laughs> I see that. But one of the things that I thought was really cool when we were going through that process is, um, you know, uh, Jason from Face Down, for those who don't know, Jason who runs Face Down Records, um, you know, sent the album over. And I remember you saying, you know, that you you were going to, um, you know, sit with the songs for a little bit and kind of then see what came out. Is that a normal process for you where you're sort of like, evaluating the 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 artist first and then kind of trying to reflect that in in your art yeah it's that's like pretty much any artist i'm working with i ask them like can you send me your most recent music okay. and send me like i always ask for like five to ten references of like uh. not specifically if i'm designing a t-shirt for you like you don't have to send me a t-shirt design but send me like design work or artwork that you like in general like if it's a painting or if it's a statue literally anything that you like because it's my job as i see it is like i need to just get inside your brain mm -hmm. as much as possible um and like obviously for musicians the easiest way to do that is through their music because that's your brain on a you know mp3 right yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah like i just did um some artwork for the band era and like yeah. I mean, I've done a lot for them and I know every single word to every single song because <laughs> like when I'm working on stuff for their new record, I put it on repeat and I probably have listened to it a hundred times. And <laughs> That's awesome. it's just like, it's, also, it's a mood thing too. Like if I'm, if I'm working for a band that wants really like a heavy metal band and I'm listening, like, I listen to a lot of like atmospheric, like soundtrack type stuff okay. when I'm huh just in life yeah 
And if I'm trying to design like a freaking skull cemetery with flames behind it, like it has to match up right. a little bit. Right. Nah. Oh, they can, yeah, I mean, can I, match the two. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I got a little Justin Bieber going on every now right. and then, and it's fine. <laughs> but it helps me to... And I also, like, pull a ton of lyrics into designs. So if I'm listening to a record and I hear, like, oh, live, this will be a part people are, like, really singing along yeah. to. I'll try that to make that sense. design, you know? Yeah, that's something that we love to do as well with our stuff. And, and um and we saw Which you it. nailed with the yeah we had a an unbreakable <laughs> shirt and the, the king is alive shirt that's both right. uh both really reflected that so that's cool do you feel like it's easier to uh design stuff for bands that you that you're excited about like you're saying you know every lyric to to that album and you're listening to it all the time is that like something that you feel more inspired to approach that kind of a project yeah well in the particular era example i i do love era but i've just when I, I've just worked for them so much that I've just those albums. Anytime I'm working <laughs> for them, I've done a, a hundred designs for them at least at this point. Um, I've had a few, and I I almost like I've, I feel like I jinxed myself a little bit where it's like I get an email and I'm like, oh my god, I cannot believe I'm being asked to work for like a day to remember or Owl City was the craziest one. Yeah, for me. wow, Did that's it. so cool. <laughs> Owl City, I have since MySpace, like so Fresh awesome. Geez. And I remember like pretty much every single time this happens, I take a screenshot or something and I send it to one of my buddies and I'm like, dude, look <laughs> yeah. at that. This is so sick. And every single time I freaking blow it and they're like, eh, we're not going to take any of these. Oh. I'm like, dang it. But then when I'm just like, so now do you just not say anything when you get a big call? I don't say anything because also then I'm they're like, hey dude, whatever happened to those designs for a day to remember? I'm like uh, <laughs> They uh they're putting them out next year, next album. Yeah, right, so right, right. Like Russia, limited supply, limited supply. Yeah. <laughs> Is that difficult to deal with then when somebody decides to go with it? I remember talking to our producer um during in the process when we were recording the album and him talking about um you know, just the, just kind of the, some of the feelings when a band during the mixing process, just ask if they could take all the stuff and, and send it to somebody else to be mixed yeah. and just kind of asking him, you know, like, how do you deal with that? Um, is, is that, is that difficult to, to move on from, or are you a pro at that now? It always crushes your soul. Really? Oh man. For like a little bit. Yeah. I, I learned now to get over it. The first few times that it happened, I was like, well, I guess, I quit now, you know, <laughs> um, but you know, it's like, I, now I, I'm, I can kind of see it coming. Um, and I'm in a fortunate enough position where when I do see it coming, I I either avoid it or I just don't spend a ton of time on it. Um, before it would be like, Oh man, this is like the biggest job ever. I'm going to spend a week on these designs and then if they don't pick any i'm like i just lost a week of my life now i'm backed up right so now like if i get an email and like it, a lot of it is merch companies that send the same email and uh, there's a few companies that got a little bit sloppy with it in the recent years where they send the same email to like 20 different designers oh, okay. and they they don't even like blind copy there just <laughs> sending it i can see who they're sending right, it to and I'm right, like, right. Oh, this is lame like yeah. you're making like a 
like a singing competition of design <laughs> right we get the same thing for like management offers and stuff right. like oh, that oh, of, yeah. like oh hey like if you need any and i'll look and like it literally like they're the they changed like sometimes it won't even say american arson it'll say like hey arson or whatever yeah. like <laughs> like someone just cut they're didn't even have shit. yeah couldn't even copy and paste our whole name right. just like my it's first worse. my first album offer um f- from a record label with my previous band still had another band's name uh where <laughs> the artist is supposed to be they didn't even bother to go through and and edit that out so it's like how many people did you send this to but is there any way then to to like repurpose those or is there some sort of exclusivity where you're not able to or no I, I i could i haven't i don't have a ton of luck like i know some designers that they do a good job of making things pretty universal okay. i most of the stuff i do is so song specific or like idea specific to a band that like it can't really go to anyone else so i have like an unused folder in my in my dropbox that at any given time has like three designs in it oh okay but and very rarely do I go into that. And most of the time my kind of mentality is like, well, if it wasn't good enough for this band, <laughs> this band, you know right, what I mean? Right. Maybe this yeah. band just sucks, like suck it up Jimbo. So <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. There's no legal things about it, but right. I most of the time just, is there, is there a certain thing that you enjoy, I guess doing, is there a certain, like, I mean, I see a lot of like floral stuff in your work and, and yeah, I, it comes to something that inspires you, I guess. Yeah. I, I think for me, like I, I, the, the like guiding light for most of my work is I actually like have it on my wall. It's a, a sign that says good design is as little design as possible. So for me, I'm always trying to break things down to like the core focal points. I, and I don't have the like skill set that some designers do to make like super chaotic, super busy, like all these tiny little details and all this stuff. Like I'm like a very much like a, I don't know. I keep things pretty clean and like as focused as possible. Um, so I think like, yeah, kind of like that, the like, how can I make this say what it needs to say in the least amount of stuff possible? Um and I, I mean, I, I love doing like tattoo type illustration work. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of comes and goes in waves. It feels like, cause there are some seasons where like one type of design is really cool. And I do a ton of that. Yeah. And it, like uh, six months later, I'm like, Oh dude, I haven't done any illustrations. And like, I mean, I, that actually just happened not too long ago where I was like, dude, I haven't done an illustration in months. Like once like the streetwear thing got popular, yeah. I was like, dude, this is crazy. Like I, you know, whatever. And I, I don't know why I do so many flowers. I do a ton of flowers. <laughs> I'm running out of ways to do flowers. <laughs> but they work. They're, yeah, they're they a do. classic. I never get sick of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They just work. And, and to be fair, too, like you mentioned, like you know, Dave, not you know, realizing his style, I guess, or not intentionally doing it. Like you seem to kind of be that way about yourself. But like I can, a lot of those bands that you've done like and posted work from like our, our bands I'm you know jamming on a regular basis and like I'll see them post something and like especially after we had worked together on this album and I've been following your Instagram and stuff like that and like I would see like Silent Planet or someone or like Capstan post someone something and I was like 
I bet I know who did that. <laughs> and I would like click on like your page and like, sure enough, like, yep, there it is. And yeah. like, so like I, it definitely, and I think that's something that stuck out to, to me, to us. And like it sticks out to all these other bands too, about your work is like you were saying, it's super clean. It's, it's super like, it's super catchy and attractive to the eye, but like, it's, it's super clean. It's not, you know, so busy that it's just obnoxious and distracting and right. and stuff, especially when it comes to like the clothing and, and, and everything. Like people want that clean streetwear look now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that definitely comes through, but you definitely have like, I, I think, you know, this is, this is us doing to you what you did to, to Dave. Like <laughs> you definitely have that, that, recognizable style and and you can definitely tell your work when it gets posted and stuff but and i mean i think a part of that too is like it's it's like the songwriter thing too where you don't want to write the same song more than once so it's almost like and like there's some i i just had a conversation not too long ago with a designer and he was like dude you do all these different styles of like stuff and like i feel like i'm kind of doing the same thing over and over and i'm like dude like that's a gift if you can be like kind of in the same wheelhouse like and have your niche that people know you for right. that's amazing. i feel like for me i'm like well like i have to do you know 15 designs this week and i already did a tattoo flash design on monday so i don't want to do another one today because i just <laughs> did one like i don't want to write the same song again like i just did right. it so i'm constantly yeah. trying to like switch it up but then I also understand the value and like oh well if I did like I follow a lot of Instagram pages where I'm like I immediately know the page because I see the design and I'm like oh that's this guy yeah. Yeah. and like there's some there's a ton of value to that but I struggle with like I, I don't want to repeat myself right but you're right with the songwriting parallel where it's it's something that you know we go through as artists where we want people to know to listen to a song and know that's American arson, but we, we don't want them to listen to the song and be like, Oh, this is the same as exactly like that song. Right. Right. So yeah. Finding that way to kind of trademark yourself without pigeonholing yourself. It's, it's a, it's a delicate dance. Just start featuring one song on every record that's (laughs) written with the exact same chord progression from another song on a prior record and see if anyone notices. Probably nobody would notice, but uh, (laughs) so what is that? as you want (laughs) (laughs) what is the process like um as a freelancer of acquiring clients is at at this point are you at the point now where it's mostly people that come to you or do you have to kind of like put yourself out there and advertise or what is that like yeah i i've just been super super fortunate um where i've never advertised uh, or like i had to reach out to anyone before um so I got lucky. Or good. That was one of my questions is are a lot of, a lot of these bands that you've been able to connect and do work with like people that you met, like through your time touring or like just mutual, like, like someone, you know, I'm sure obviously there's a snowball effect of like you work with one band and then like, I don't know, like era tells their buddies on tour, like, Oh yeah, this guy just did these sick designs for us and stuff. And they hit you up. But like, did it kind of start out of like, reaching out and i guess tying into that another question i had of like if there was someone that w- wanted to get started into that 
it was the process come i'm just going to reach out to the few bands i do know and ask to do work for them or yeah i mean i've seen that has worked for some people rui that uh wa i can't garrett told me how to say his name i don't know how rui but he's from europe and yeah that's different uh like he, he they found him on um silent planet found him on twitter and like he's designed pretty much everything for them for the last like year oh, cool um so it can work that way for me personally um kind of the whole lineage of it really was i i mean we can take it way back i'll give you sure the, let's the go brief. yeah yeah take it back as far as you want uh but like so i i started in eighth grade designing my own band's shirts my band was called here lies the trader do not look it up on YouTube. <laughs> oh, 100% yeah, looking it, it up. The link's already that. in the episode show notes. Yeah. We haven't even put it out yet. It's already in there. So. <laughs> me and then Jeremy from Earth Groans. I don't know if you guys Okay, know now the link is definitely going into the <laughs> show notes. Yeah. And now we're definitely getting Jeremy on yeah, here yeah, asking sure. him about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I recorded with him. So anyways, like eighth grade when I met Jeremy probably. Um, <laughs> I started doing t-shirt designs, like album covers for my own band and MySpace layouts. And I made in high school a lot of money doing MySpace layouts. <laughs> I wish I had the dollar amount, but like I can so remember. So you're really hoping MySpace comes back. <laughs> Very much so, hoping it comes back. But like I remember the day that I was like, oh, MySpace is dead. Like I was, <laughs> I was doing a layout for a band and they were like, we don't need this anymore. We're doing Facebook. And I was like, that was the last one I ever did. Oh, and I was like, well, there goes my career. Um, <laughs> in like, eighth grade, my career. Okay. Okay. But like, so in, in that whole time, like I'm in eighth grade, I'm booking shows at like the Knights of Columbus hall mm-hmm. in my town and like bands come to town. They see my band stuff. They're like, who did this? And I'm like, I did. So I'm like doing MySpace layouts for bands that like some of them, I don't know if they were on record labels at the time, but like they ended up getting signed. And like, I feel like literally since like ninth grade, it's been like a snowball um, of like in my local community, like of music, which is pretty much dead now. Um, But Colossus happened. um, Like we signed a face down and the first uh, let me think of how this works. We released our first record on face down and then we toured on that. And I was like, I was working at gap in the mall. Um, and I was doing all the Colossus merch designs, uh, you know, flyers and stuff like yeah. that. Wiggle did the album cover, but, um, and then after we were signed for maybe like nine months or a year or something like that, Jason reached out, Jason Dunn reached out and was like, Hey, like, I'd love to bring you on as a designer. Like Dave's going more like tattooing more. And they hired me like in like a salaried position somewhat like a monthly paycheck that I could rely on. So like that was probably in 2012 or something. And like, what year is it right now? We're in 2020 Uh, right now. Feels (laughs) like it's been about seven years. So, okay. Yeah. So I, I think it's been since 2013. 13 i've been self-employed oh awesome and i like face down gave me the opportunity to do that because i was touring that whole time but i was getting enough money from them and then enough like supplemental that from design work um but essentially like when i started working for face down i did a um i had already done the colossus stuff and then i did a gideon merch line Mm -hmm. and i feel like 
that was the one where people saw it and liked it and started coming to me and it kind of snowballed. And then on tour, I would meet bands. I met Silent Planet on tour with Colossus mm-hmm. and I was like, I can't remember how it happened, but then I ended up doing design work for them. Yeah, and just kind of naturally. Really took off. Yeah, yeah, it's totally natural. Um, but then like once I started playing with Four Today, I was on tour with larger bands and I I never like sold myself to them, but it would mostly be like I'd be sitting in a Starbucks working on design work and someone would come up and be like, oh, dude, that's cool that you're doing this design for after the burial. And I would be like, yeah, you know, I, I do design works like all the time. Yeah. And then they yeah. do stuff for us. And then I'd get an email from their manager and their manager manages six other bands all in the metalcore world. Yeah. And like, that's really the big one for me has been management where like era's manager is silent planets manager. He's day seekers manager. Okay. He's I think the plot and use manager, um, hot mulligan, like all these bands that yeah. I work for all come from one guy. Um, so, and the, and the, the really nice thing about touring was I physically met these people. Like, I'm not an email address. Like I'm ate burritos with them. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think that makes a difference because there is a thousand people on Instagram they could go work with. Yeah. Anybody can bond over burritos. Exactly. (laughs) Like, yeah, I keep getting the emails from them and I keep responding. Right. So did the, did sort of the advent of the, of the design thing becoming like a full-time career or did that, coincide with or lead to the kind of colossus winding things down uh was that a natural progression or were they unrelated um they were unrelated uh but you have a secret unannounced album (laughs) 2020 i mean i don't i don't remember there ever being an announcement of like colossus is done or anything like that so there hasn't been what could be next (laughs) (laughs) we did record a song together uh, a couple months ago for the first time in it was like six years that we were all in the same so can we expect that i mean i was kind of i was kind of half joking but now i'm just man no um that'll come out someday but we're all like it's like we all want to put it out but everyone's so busy it's yeah. insane yeah you want to do it right i'm a, you know if- yeah yeah and like alex our, our vocalist has been since the band ended he became a very successful videographer so he's like i want to make like a movie like i want this to be awesome so it'll probably come out in like six or eight years <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be cool you know we'll release it on a microchip that you just put right into your brain right 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 <laughs> the 20th anniversary yes exactly I think our Facebook header still says like new album coming 2016. So, <laughs> <laughs> JK 2021. Right. Um, um, but yeah, no, with Colossus, it was, we released our, we went and recorded our second album and our drummer quit. And like, it was one of those things where it was like the, we started the band as like really young high school dudes. And like, to me, the band was the band because of the people in it. Right. And when he decided that he was going to leave, it was like just kind of a slow, like we had a couple fill in drummers, but he like, he's my favorite drummer. He's I like, I think if he was still in the metal world, people would be like, dude, this guy's the goat. Like he's <laughs> Has so he not great. done anything since then. No, really? Well, so right before we went and did that record, he got really bad, uh, 
carpal tunnel, like severe carpal tunnel. But he was like, I kid you not, when we were growing up, he drummed for like 10 hours a day. Wow. Every And so he got really bad carpal tunnel and um, he just wanted to go to school. Now he's like, uh, he's a genius. Like he, he's the kind of dude that he starts doing something and he does it to the fullest possible extent and crushes it. Oh, the world needs more people like that. So, yeah. And he's, <laughs> yeah. he's going to be like, a I don't know. I'm going to say he's going to be a doctor, but I don't think he's going to be a doctor. He's like studying biology. He's in like a master's program for biology, I think. I don't know. Sorry, dude. Pretty soon he's going to make uh, a comeback with like bionic arms. That's, that's what he's yes. been studying. <laughs> like- <laughs> but he can go a little bit now. And uh, so we, he's come into the studio. Like his wife is a worship leader at a church in um, Colorado. And so he drums on her stuff and I've, I recorded their last DP. Oh, cool. And he's drummed on other things for me, but he's, de- awesome. he's not, he's not like touring or anything like yeah. that. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we roughed it like with Colossus. It was like, we were the band that like, we did not, I mean, most bands in our scene, like we, the entire time that we toured, which was like five years, we got one hotel. Wow. <laughs> I think maybe two, if you count like one of our first tours. <laughs> right. Right. One's- how many showers did you take? <laughs> I get it. Like I'm still making up for the showers I didn't take. <laughs> 2012. Who who was it that uh that Andy called out in uh from four today? Probably all of them. Yeah. Brandon, probably Brandon. I don't know. It might have been for a while. Brandon was pretty greasy. That boy didn't want this there for like a couple of years, I think. <laughs> He, he definitely we asked him we were like who 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 showered the least and he was like oh man he was like we were on tour with four today once <laughs> yeah that was that was probably they were all channeling john the baptist like just seeing how seeing if you can build up a nice uh nice exoskeleton of salt over the yeah, skin there exactly. little protective exactly. shields <laughs> yeah oh man well with with that in mind um touring and live music in particular is something that all of us miss very very much right now and so anybody that we've had on that has been involved in the music world whatsoever we've been kind of asking them if they could share uh a fun or funny or self-deprecating or endearing story from the road um you know from the touring days to kind of get us through this time where um where live music is is sort of just a distant memory for all of us right now yikes um yeah i'm trying to think through with colossus i mean it's one of those things where like in the moment a lot of stuff seemed very normal right (laughs) one of the first i'll I'll maybe try to grab a couple because i can't think of one that's like really intensely funny a couple is is great Uh, my head uh so this is actually one of the first tours this wasn't this wasn't even in colossus this was in here lies the trader mm. don't forget to youtube yeah. that when you get to <laughs> it's, uh, i'm sorry i already wrote I, it down it's on my notes <laughs> you left for I, I was like a sophomore in high school and i did i don't think i had a summer job yet and we left for tour i did not tell my dad apparently that's a recurring thing here i mean <laughs> dad, left for tour for like 10 days in high school summer in high and school. you didn't tell your dad. Tell my we're dad. Gonna, we're gonna have. We're gonna go get your your dad on for an interview. One of your <laughs> family members on for an interview, and just ask your different family members and plug it in at the end of this episode. Just say, like, where did you think he was for ten days? Yeah. <laughs> well, he called me. He was like, "Hey, uh, I'd like for you to have the lawn mowed by the time I get home." And I was like, 
Brookings, which is like an hour and a half away. I'm like, I'm going on tour with my band. And he was like, you better come home right now. And I'm like, I don't have a car. Like, we're in the van. I can't come home. But I remember like for one of the first couple shows, I, I packed one pair of pants. Oh, no. Rookie mistake. Big time mistake. I already mistake. know where this one's going. <laughs> one of the first shows, well, we went out to eat afterwards, this place called The Frying Pan. And I they give you a side of ranch dressing in like a bowl, like a breakfast size cereal bowl. <laughs> Does it come up with how it should be? Just in case you feel like just the yeah, turn it into in soup. In case you want to buy anything else, you just drink the ranch. Right. And I spilled that entire bowl of ranch on my pants. Oh. For, like probably within the first two days of this tour, only pair of pants to have. Oh no. That's one from the young days. Uh that's see, that's man. not where I thought it was going. Being the era that you were You thought about, they were gonna rip. Yeah, I was oh, thinking dude. crab core. I was thinking crab oh, yeah. core and they really? split down the seam for sure. <laughs> it probably it was probably a little bit of both. Hot <laughs> topic uh, jeans did not hold up well, you know. Well now nowadays <laughs> they just nowadays they're like fifty percent elastic or whatever so you can oh yeah exactly people stop crab coring and then they've already that they fixed the problem that doesn't need to be fixed i know anymore, so technology yeah. <laughs> bring um, it back that's great well before you move on to another one how so <laughs> how many days into this tour did you make it before your dad realized that you were gone well he knew right away he called he called me the day i left oh, he oh would, okay i'm not coming back like this tour is booked i told mom i'm like i'm <laughs> Dude. so you always told your mom i always just... told my mom yeah that's like they need to maybe go to some counseling for that i don't know what the <laughs> i told my mom everything my mom like paid my rent the first time she was like man don't tell your dad about oh, it we'll man. pay your rent oh, um <laughs> yeah and there's so much funny stuff that happened but it's so hard for me to remember the, the one that really comes to mind and this will tie in you know face down family uh stuff mm-hmm. here the first time all of us went to Face Down Fest, we didn't even play, but we all just wanted to be there. So we all paid our own tickets and flew. And then Alex, our vocalist, rode with the band Your Memorial and they like toured their way out. And I don't know if I was working for Face. I uh, I don't think I was working for Face Down yet. Okay. This is probably one of the first times I met Jason in person, actually. Okay. I actually, yeah, all of us met Jason for the first time, which makes the story <laughs> at Face Down Fest. Us, us at, too, at this year. <laughs> That's the first time yep, we met him. <laughs> and uh, so we're all at the beach, you know, having a nice Face Down family the beach day. day. After, yep, yeah. yep. Day after. And like, this is our first impression time. You know <laughs> what I mean? We're meeting yeah. most of these bands for the first time. We're the new young band. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there is a dead seagull floating in the water in the ocean. Okay. And we're all kind of like, people are pointing at it like, oh, that like a dead seagull? And I think it, I want to say maybe it had like something stuck around it. I can't really remember now. But Alex, our vocalist of Colossus, runs into the water, freaking farm boy style. David Hasselhoff's it, that. sprints into the water, oh, no. picks the steeple up by the neck. No. Like, I mean, we're pheasant country here. Like, that's you like grab a bird by the neck, right. and look what I got, know, y'all. That, yeah. Whereas, like, we're in California, where like in like Virginia is like a vegetarian. You don't do like, that. No, you yeah. don't touch and, dead like, things here. Well, and Saving Grace was there, and they're from New Zealand, and seagulls are like 
sacred animals over there or oh, something. I, don't put me on that. Don't look that up on Wikipedia. Just believe <laughs> that they're a sacred animal. Okay. Um, I'll just take your word for so it. They're freaking out. And he literally comes up to the beach, like holding this seagull like a trophy. Like the dog from all, Duck Hunt style. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're like, dude, put it down. I think I, I just probably turned around and started walking away. I was like, I, we're getting dropped. All right. All right. We're getting a new singer. <laughs> Yeah, and then, our deal's done. Exactly, and he was like, he was like, man, I was about to ring it out, like you spin it until its neck breaks. Oh, no. And fortunately, the thing started like flapping and biting his hands, oh, which Tyler so it wasn't dead. Gideon, <laughs> it wasn't dead, and then maybe he saved it. I don't know. He may have saved it from. I think it had something stuck on it. So, anyways, oh. the sequel ended up flying away. But I for <laughs> sure was like, wow, my, that career came in man. <laughs> you get a you get a text from jason the next morning yeah. so uh jim uh can you call me for a second uh, how about yeah. that inadvertent uh seagull cpr that you did <laughs> yeah dude it was intense and every it was i mean everyone was there it was like and that was there was a lot of bands on Facebook at the time there was like 45 people on the beach all watching this happen like oh the new guy is carrying a fucking seagull <laughs> But, but next nah. next time you you do a design for jason you should just start sending him designs with seagulls on them i should he, he I, notices. I, I know like, right when like face swap apps started to exist and tyler from gideon face swapped the seagull's head with alex's head around the face down community for quite a while oh man oh my gosh <laughs> that's great that's probably that's the most brilliant. intense one i got that's i awesome. kept it pretty low I kept it pretty low key out there. <laughs> oh no, I uh, yeah that no that's a that's a good one. I think um, you know we haven't had a whole lot of run-ins with uh, with nature, but uh, yeah. Hey, you know, like you said, maybe he saved it. Maybe he was actually the hero in this story. Everybody thinks totally he's the crazy cat. kid from from South Dakota, and really he's uh, you know like the seagull whisperer or something like that. Yeah, like Steve Irwin of seagulls, right. you know. <laughs> oh man. Awesome. Well, Amazing. Jim, this has been a, a great conversation. If somebody is interested in uh, looking at more of your stuff or connecting with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, probably Instagram is the easiest way. It's Jim of Hughes. Um, I do have a website called uh, northery.com, but you can get to that from my Instagram too. So I would just go to my Instagram and that's where I put the stuff. So Awesome. Awesome. And and if there's somebody out there who's an aspiring designer who would love to get to where you're at, what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, well, in the year 2020, I would say just do the best work you can, post it on the internet, and don't and let nature take its course. After 2020, I would go meet people and try to give them a face and a personality and not just an email address, you know? Right, right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Jim. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully there will be a day where we can meet you actually uh, in person, (laughs) not just on on face down fest. What I'm, what I'm thinking is we need to have some sort of, cause it's going to be what the 25th anniversary in 2022. Yeah. 2022, I think would be the 25th anniversary. So so maybe that'll tie in with that new Colossus release, and they'll have oh, to. Folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Icy hot now. <laughs> well, and I'm gonna. Start, I think we all. Do. I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start trying to, trying to clean up my seagull wrangling game too for that beach yeah, day. So. Please do. 
Please do. <laughs> all right, man. Awesome. Well, hopefully we will, you know, hopefully we'll all come through this and, and yeah, we will get to see you someday and, and maybe it'll be at FaceTime Fest, but you have a good one and, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sweet. Thanks boys. All right, see ya. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the American Arson Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a positive comment or review. Connect with us online through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter, and check out AmericanArson.com for music, merch, and upcoming tour dates. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, stay inspired, stay positive, and keep creating.